Blog Talk Radio. everyone, this is Anne-Marie Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm here, to you, I'm here with you today, um, also with John Konecki, who's going to speak to us about his work. John, thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to the Vox Poetica listeners. Well, well thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure. I'd love for you to start by reading us a poem. Okay, hold on, guys. John's call has been dropped. <laughs> I'm going to have him call us back in a minute. Um, what I'll do in the, in the time that we're waiting for him to rejoin us. Oh, he's here, so hold on one second. Hey, John, Hi, Emory. back. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure. I'm sorry. So I, I, I don't. It's all right. It's yeah. all right. Just, hey, read us a poem. Okay. Here, I'm going to read my poem. Uh, Tea with Joe Hill. Joe Hill was, of course, um, uh, uh, a um, songwriter. But, uh, so, tea with Joe Hill. Joe Hill and I had tea. He let his biscuits soak. They say America is free. Man, how they love to joke. As Sacco and Vanzetti, as Red Cloud and Crazy Horse. And the way I see is things are getting worse. I said, Joe, why ain't you dead? Righteousness is like love, my friend, laughed Joe as he shook his head. Spirits never die and never end. A thousand tyrants in all their force and truth could never compete with the love that is the source of one of my melodies sweet. You see, death and life, they coexist. Some never die and some never live. So songs of revolution will always persist, for unto themselves my songs give. So open your eyes and organize. Never give in to their lies and organize. Do not hate and despise. But organize. Raise your voice in mighty cries and organize. Joe slurped the last of his tea and bid me a final farewell. Above all, fight to be free. You'll get heaven when you give them hell. <laughs> I, I send some themes that are common in your work in this poem, John. So talk to us a little bit about what inspires you to write poetry. Oh, uh well, back then in the day, you know, um, a, a lot of poetry, I would get inspired by um, reading. You, you know, when I, I would read about things and, and then, um, you know, once you read about it and then you, you let the ideas mold over in your head and, and then they would come out. So I was doing, um, for a while there, I was doing a lot of reading into history of America and really the history of America that, that really isn't taught. Uh, to mm-hmm. people in the schools, you know, as children, especially. And, uh, yeah, that's a great motivation. You, you know you got a poet going when – a poem going when, when you just have to write, you know, when, when, mm-hmm. when the, yeah. the, the thoughts and ideas are so overpowering that you have to communicate what you're feeling inside on a piece of paper. Then that's probably happened like a dozen times uh, in my yeah. life. I wrote, I wrote that poem about five minutes had and then I just had one correction changing, but um yeah so so social issues are very important to me, 
but I write on uh, pretty much everything, you know, whatever. When when that let's let's talk about that process for a minute. I know that um, that inspiration piece you talk about is is central for a lot of writers. But in terms of the editing process, do you find certain certain pieces require um, a whole different kind of editing process, or do most of them work that way, where it kind of emerges to you over whatever time it takes, kind of whole without much need for tinkering after the fact. Well, with the process of writing, back in the day when I was more inspired, I um, I would um, uh, be very little editing. But then I did a, a book, which isn't published, but made like a dozen poems from the book. It's called Poems and um, Other Misspelled Curses. And um, <laughs> that book I wrote, I, I just uh, I, I just put the I, I would work on the poems every night, and they were all in a notebook, and I would go over them and over and over them. So I put on that book, uh, perspiration over inspiration, because that's how I wrote that one. But uh, yeah, it works both ways, you know. Um, uh, but that's one thing is, is if you want to be a writer, you have to discipline yourself to a certain extent. I, I mean, it's a creative endeavor, and it and it's hard, you know. It's hard to force yourself uh, to go every day to write. But if you really want to do it right, I mean, you have to. I, I have to apologize to everybody about uh, the show being delayed. My wife has, uh, suffers from dementia, and um, as a result of that, sometimes she has needs that to be taken care of right away. Uh, and it's been this way for, like, well, not in the exact circumstances, but for the past four years, I think. Uh, yeah. She's been ill, so, so, you know, and I have no income coming in. So, you know, I write, and, and you know, um, uh, you, you know, in some ways it's a very bad thing, but – but at least I know that, you know, um, when my years are spent on earth, I'll, I'll be thankful to have this opportunity yeah. to, to invest so much time in my art, you know. Well, and the story that you're telling is so common. I mean, this is a, this is, dementia is affecting more and more people. Um, the numbers are growing kind of at a scary rate. It's, it's a poorly understood disease, and it, I think there's a, amongst the general population, there's very little knowledge of, of what it is and how it affects not only the individual patients, but the people who care for them and love them as well. So you're speaking, you know, um, potentially in your writing to people who are dealing with the same thing you are in, in a myriad ways. And I think that's one of the things writers do so well. Is it part, it's part of your mission, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my book, I have a, a published book uh, called um, with uh, uh, dreaming big publications. They're, they're, um, they're a small press and, I have a book called Polishing the Fragments, and that was written, uh, you know, at the time when I, when Sylvia, my wife, was um, in this stage where she would try to wander away to find Grenada. I live in New mm-hmm. Jersey, so it's, you know, and that was hard. And and so I would drive her around, you know, all around New Jersey for hours, sometimes a couple hundred miles every day, just so she would, wow. you know, be be not wandering the street and. Right. So yeah, and that book, Polishing the Fragments. I mean, it, uh, you know, I, I I deal with that uh, that issue among other things too. You know, it says uh, what happens when God shatters your life? You polish the fragments. So uh, yeah, I do yeah, yeah, and and when you're a writer, you can you can tell that that story in so many different ways. You do tell stories in different ways. You're a poet. You write fiction. You've written memoir. How do you know when there's a specific 
thing, a story, a piece of a story that you want to share? How do you know what form to give it? Uh, well, you know, well, memoir is something different. <laughs> That's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, mm. you know, maybe I could do one or two more if I happen to live long enough. I mean, I could do the next installment, I guess, of that. But, uh, you know, with fiction, I just like to have fun. And then with poetry, it's kind of a more serious thing. Um, but, um, you know, um, but still in fiction, you know, you can have a lot of fun and uh, still get some messages across, too. But in poetry, sure. I, I, have no, uh, uh, I have no problem dealing with issues directly and to express myself and say, like, you know, with a poem like Tea with Joe Hill, to say which side of I stand on. You know how I feel yeah. about things. You know, I, I yeah. don't. I don't mind making my voice known. Yeah. yeah. Read us another poem. Okay, well, we're gonna give you a choice here. I got you, Roger. Uh, I, this is free verse. I don't like writing free verse, uh, but I got two here. You can either hear "A Day at the Poet's Cafe" or "The Patriotic Patriotic Plumber." Which one would you like? <laughs> Oh, let's go with the Patriotic Plumber, just for fun. <laughs> okay, that's a funny one. Yeah, okay. The Patriotic Plumber by John Konecki. I have the perfect solution, he boasts. Dripping plunger and oily wrench in hand. Dredge the lake. Full investigation. We'll see if any corpses surface. There's a soldier from 1964, Vietnam era, recorded as AWOL. You can even Google the shameful details. Dark mark on our upright, righteous hamlet. Kind of like slaughtering countless hordes of buffalo, shooting the majestic beasts as easy target practice, like carnival ducks in a line from slow trespassing trains. We dare not repeat our mistakes. We'll leave no stone unturned, not, and not just the flat ones, the easy-to-flip ones, which harbor stealthy lizards and clever centipedes curling into balls. Why, we'll even lift the boulders, Archimedes' principles rocks. It'll be like killing two birds with one fragmentation grenade. I detest a coward who refuses to commit genocide for corporate profits. It just ain't the American way. Standing in her loosely fitted bathrobe, one saggy breast almost exposed, blue curlers in her bleached blonde hair, cigarette dangling from her mouth, ashes dashing the ground by her pink bunny slippers, Lot of work for a linky faucet. How much? <laughs> That's my patriotic cover. That was published. Uh, what was that? Uh, the, the super highway. I think that was the one I finally got on the super highway. <laughs> yeah. You've had your work published in a number of uh, different journals over the years. Um, right. What what's kind of been the uh, that what's that process been like for you submitting and sending things out and putting things together? How, how does that how do you how does that work for you? Well, I remember when I was younger, and then I wasn't like um, uh, I, I I got accepted, but I never followed up on it. Like when I was in my twenties, and then I sent one poem to Struggle Magazine, which is a communist magazine. It's called "I Will Raise My Voice," and they published it. And then there was a long hiatus. And then and as we're talking off the air, both my parents passed away in the same year. And and because of the, the, the emotional trauma I was going through, I had to express myself. So I started writing a great deal. And when I started writing, I said, you know, I might as well try and get this stuff published. And I would send out a lot of envelopes because I had dial-up at that time. 
and, mm. and I send out a lot of envelopes, you know, with a return address, and I get a lot of rejection. And only <laughs> maybe, but I was being foolish because I, I wasn't investigating the magazines properly. That's that, mm. like if anybody says like you know, a poet and they, you know, look look at what they want and look at what they publish, and and if you um, and if you you don't write like they write, and you know, most likely they're not going to publish you. And and it's not even a um, it's not even a criticism on how on how well you write your poetry. It's a critic. It, it, it's what they like in poetry, right? You know, so uh, yeah. So subjective. then I got frustrated, and and then I you know when I was um, that was getting then I was on a roll for a while. I'd probably get like an acceptance every month. I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but you know, for me that was. Oh, I think quite, that's good. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least once a month I was doing because I was really into it and I was into you know and. And then I guess the pros took over, and I've died down. And but I still submit out there. Like I got to submit more to you, uh, Amory. We were just talking. Yeah. I was shocked to we find out I have a following that. on you. Yeah, we were just talking. Yeah. I was shocked to find out I'm following. I don't think of myself as having a following. You know. Well, you know, it's funny because I can. I mean, I don't. I don't know how other journals operate, but I do know that Vox from the very beginning has been a community and it's been an active community of listeners and writers and those two spheres overlap. Um, But the people that read Vox and read it regularly, there's been a consistent group from the very beginning and it's expanded in in many different ways over the years, but they do, uh, they do have their, um, they know who, who publishes with us. They know the names. They know the work. They know the writers. And, yeah, so you do have a following at Vox, and people are, are anxious to see more of your work. They um, they always respond well to it. Please yeah, do. You. Remember that one time we had that poetry exercise? I can't remember how it came about with the, the Robin's Blue Egg. And well, you gave me a few yeah. titles to write for me. Yeah, yeah that was you fun. know. We're we're talking about doing some more things like that in the next time. Uh, Nathan, Gunter, and I have been having many conversations about things we're going to expand upon. And, you know, time is our biggest obstacle, and we can't get into that here because we have a time limiter here too. But, yeah, we, we're, we're looking for ways to constantly keep um, the Vox community inspired and, the, and our writers working toward the things they want to say. So uh, right. we'll, be, we'll be looking I, I to revise to. those things. I mean, I have so much material. If one thing, I'm prolific. Nothing else. Well, and you know, and and this is the other thing. So you talked about going through a period in time when you didn't didn't write and the things that kind of forced you back to the expression space and that being the death, you know, deaths and family deaths and and loss is a big motivator sometimes. But um, everyone, a lot of people go through that space where they're they're not able to write, and I and I want you to speak to the audience a little bit about what what was it like? Was it a conscious decision? Did it just happen? How did it feel when you picked up the pen again? Did it feel like you were coming back to something natural? And has anything along the way really gotten in your way since that first space of you know a yeah. break? Well, time? I, I, you know, initially I was trying to write song lyrics, I think, and then I would write poetry and. Uh, hmm. I, I would. I remember. I, I recall, you know, looking back at it, that I was trying to write stories, uh, but uh, you, you know, to learn how to do it, like to write a poem, uh, it's not as complicated as to learn how to write a short story or a novel. Maybe to write a poem, right? It is, but but you know, to write a poem, and who's to say what's right or wrong? Right. Uh, we can talk about that later. But 
Yeah, and so I'd write the song lyrics and get them copyrighted. And then, um, you know, I know there were several attempts to start writing stories, and they just, I, I think I just didn't have the tools at that time to do it. And and then I would, um, then I started the memoirs, you know, I'd write on the memoirs, and i share them with my friends. And then, then I lost my job, and when I lost my job, so I started writing the prose. And I wrote several stories, maybe a dozen or so stories, which are actually out in books now. One is called Dark Matters, which has three of my early novellas. And there's another one from Chaos to Cosmos. And they're both science fiction books. And that has a lot of my early stories, too. So, yeah, you know, um, you know, and then and then with the prose and then, uh, you know, I, I did the song lyrics again. I, I can't remember writing them, but I had them there. I found them after Superstorm Stan, Sandy in the basement. Mm-hmm. So I copyrighted them and. So I have all my stuff I ever copyrighted. Not all my poetry. A lot of my early, early work um, got destroyed, but that might be a good thing, Amory. You know, inside. <laughs> like, Sometimes we don't like you know, looking but, back. <laughs> well, I, 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 I was bold. I put out, I self-published my two books. One is called uh, A Day's Weather. That was my first chapbook. And another one is called The Lost Cantos of John Kennecke. That one's out there, too, <laughs> self-published, so. Yeah, where can know, people I mean, find no. your work, John? Tell us where to find your work. Is everything um, well, linked at your website? Yeah, you can go to uh, you have the Weebly website, the johnkinecki.weebly.com, I think it is, or just go to John Kinecki and uh, Amazon. Uh, I, I mean, you're more than welcome to contact me. Through the Weebly site, actually, they give you a um, – um, uh, they give contact you a – uh, yeah, contact. It's not a contact. There's a contact page, or you can subscribe to MailChimp. Okay. So J-O-H-N-K-A-N-I-E-C-K-I dot Weebly dot com. Yeah, I'm on it right now. Yeah. Who am I? Who I am? I am an artist working in the medium of words. There you go. Um, yeah. Would you read us another poem before we Oh, okay. Close? Third poem. Okay, now you got to chase. I like the traditional poem. You can choose between a villanelle or a sonnet. Oh, let's do the villanelle. All right, you want the villanelle? That makes it easier. Okay. True Love's Call by John Konecki. I hear at night my true love's call. I know not any more precious sound. The sweetest of angels sometimes fall. My beauty, my soul, my passion, my all. I look to you for in you I'm found. I hear at night my true love call. I beg of you a kiss, if but small. Let me help you to where you are bound. The sweetest of angels sometimes fall. You are a dream, I, so fondly I recall. I perceive a whisper, I chase round and round. I hear at night my true love call. Heaven without you stands not so tall. The essence of love now walks the ground. The sweetest of angels sometimes fall. On the cross for water, they gave you gall. Why have you forsaken me? The words resound. I hear at night my true love call. The sweetest of angels sometimes fall. That's lovely. Um, Thank you. You're listening, everyone, to John Konecki, and he's read us a few pieces of his poetry. Uh, you can find more at his website, johnkonecki.weebly.com, K-A-N-I-E-C-K-I. He has his um, published, published works there, books, 
fiction, poetry, and even a memoir. You can find his poems at Vox Poetica. And if you Google him, you can find, I'm sure, a whole bunch of other places, too. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, John. And I will um, be happy to share more of your work at Vox, and people will be looking forward to hearing it. Okay, thank you very much, Emily. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye-bye.